The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today from John chapter 9, especially these words of Jesus. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jewelers have done it for years. They put diamond jewelry into black boxes. That way, when the light in the room hits one of those precisely cut and perfectly polished gems, the light bouncing off of it is even more noticeable to the human eye. The darkness provides the backdrop for the light. In our gospel reading for today, a particular kind of darkness is mentioned, the darkness that results when the eyes do not function as they ought. Jesus encounters a man born blind whose eyes have never taken in the light properly. When we get into the specific events of what happened in this account, our minds indeed are tempted to go in all sorts of directions. When Jesus' disciples ask at first whether this man's condition was the result of his sinful action or his parents, we might be comforted that at first Jesus assures them that his blindness was not the result of some specific sin he had done, nor that his parents had done. But as we keep listening and thinking, we might not be as equally comforted by the fact that Jesus says that this man was born blind in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. We might think it rather odd that this man lived a life of blindness day by day in order that one day Jesus could come and shine his light right in front of that darkness. But know this, without blindness, sight is taken for granted. Without sickness, healing is not treasured. Without darkness, the light, it might not even be noticed. None of us like darkness much when it comes into our life. We don't like it when it falls upon those we know and love. We don't even really like it when it just hits someone who to us is a stranger. But particularly, we don't like it when darkness's shadow is cast over us. But again, we must remember that darkness is the thing that makes shining light most visible. Imagine for a second that the blind man in our text had not been blind since birth. Imagine that he wasn't really blind at all, but he just had a little trouble with his eyesight, a little nearsightedness or something. Do you think he would have responded in the same way when Jesus took the mud from the ground and placed it on his eyes? Do you think he would have truly run to the pool of Siloam to wash as directed? Would he have even cared that Jesus was in his town that day? Or was it that the darkness, the light that was missing in his eyes, made it so that when the light of the world appeared before him, it was utterly amazing? You know, the Pharisees, who ended up being called the truly blind ones by Jesus, they did not want to give glory to God for what Christ had done with that blind man, and they thought they knew how to justify their response. After all, Jesus had done this act on the Sabbath, 
And so they said, clearly, Jesus was a sinner, for he healed on the Sabbath. And therefore, whatever had happened with the blind man simply could not be of God. When that man who had been born blind told them that Jesus was the one who indeed had brought sight back into his life, they began to cast aspersions on everyone. They decided that they would just simply speak ill of anyone who was testifying to this miracle. That blind man, he was a sinner. And Jesus, oh, he was a sinner too, a Sabbath breaker of all things. Interestingly, the blind man, when hearing this, just simply says that he doesn't know whether Jesus is a sinner in the way that the Pharisees were speaking about it. The only thing he knew was that he had been blind and now he could see and that that change had occurred at the hands of Jesus. In many ways, right now, it feels like darkness has fallen upon us. Its shadow has been cast over those we love and in some cases, perhaps specifically over us. Some are getting sick. Some, at least in other parts of the world and in other parts of our country, have died. Others have lost their jobs. Others are worried about their futures. Some with fragile mental states have been rattled even further. Yes, we don't know exactly what will come of this, but we do know that already there has been impact upon a lot of people. And most people are viewing those things is darkness. And so as we consider all of this, we should be cautious. For we might want to think that the right response to all of this would be to try to figure out why it is that God has allowed this and why it is that God is still allowing it. We might wonder what he's trying to accomplish by it all. You might wonder if this disease is as bad as they say why God has allowed it to exist and spread so quickly. If you're not so convinced about the actual threat of the disease, you might wonder why God has allowed the coverage of it to go out so quickly in so many ways that it has impacted many people in various other ways in their life. You may have much more personal and specific questions that you would like God to answer right now. But even if we were to try to answer some of those questions, in the end, all we would know is this. This darkness is that in which the works of God will be displayed. You see, the man born blind gave the backdrop for the light of the world to shine. And the darkness we see in our day, well, it will end up doing the same. The darkness always provides a backdrop upon which the light of the world can shine so noticeably. Haven't you already noticed it? That the light is a little more evident right now because the darkness has descended? Have you not heard of people helping one another in very real and practical ways because all of a sudden there is such obvious need? Have you not noticed that people are more open to talking about deep and real things all of a sudden? Because these things that we usually treasure in this world, well, they have become uncertain. And our favorite distractions, well, they are mostly on hiatus. 
Don't you hope and suspect that there are going to be people more open to hearing about a life that can even last through death? Because the false shine of this earthly life has been rubbed off its surface? The blind man was blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We're not to worry about the grand philosophical questions about why God planned it all this way. We're simply to know that in front of this backdrop of darkness, the light of the world radiated brilliantly. Yes, indeed, the same will be true in our day. And it would be true even if there were not the news accounts that we are hearing every day. For even if none of this stuff was on the news at all, there would still be darkness in our world. For there is always darkness. There's always darkness right in each of us. The law of God, when it is preached or when it is heard, each time it reveals that there is darkness. And when the law reveals your darkness, it is then that there is that backdrop of darkness in front of which the gospel will shine most wondrously. You see, when you know how dark your life has become because of sin, well then when you hear what Jesus has done for you to get that darkness out of your life through his cross and through his empty tomb, well then that light shines so brightly and it destroys the darkness in your life. Yes, the darkness in your life due to sin is just the backdrop against which the light of the world shines week after week in water and in words, in bread and in wine. And blessedly, when Christ brings you his light, when he removes your darkness that your sin has brought, you actually become light. Jesus here says that as long as he was in the world, he would be the light of the world. That's what it says in our text. But he's no longer here in that way as I preach this sermon. So what of his light? Has the whole world gone dark again? Well, no, Jesus says elsewhere that once he left, indeed we would be the light of the world. We would carry his light into the world. Indeed, our work in the world is a continuation of his. Yes, the darkness has descended in one way or another. But don't stay up at night wondering exactly why this has happened or what God is exactly trying to work through it. Simply know that this darkness is a backdrop against which the light of Christ will shine. Brothers and sisters, you have a chance to let that light of Christ shine through you in these days. For it will shine as you simply take that phone call or have that conversation with someone that is terrified. Comfort them with the knowledge that God is in control and that God himself has done something that even conquers death. It will occur when you take some of the things that God has graciously entrusted to you for a time and give them away freely to someone else in need. Assure them in that moment that that is the God who loves and cares for them, reaching out and taking care of their needs. It will occur 
when someone gets so frightened that they actually start thinking about God again, only then to be reminded of their sins and become even more terrified, and you get to talk to them. Assure them that those sins have been forgiven in Christ and that that forgiveness is present for them in Christ's word and in a pool of Siloam called Holy Baptism. Friends, you are the light of the world because Jesus has chosen to shine his light through you. We can't explain everything about our world. We don't know what is going on or what will occur. It's always true, but it's more evident to us perhaps today. But this we know. We were blind. It was dark. Then the light of the world shined and we could see. We trust that this same work of God will be done in many and various ways in our days. For know this, the darkness is merely providing the backdrop against which the light of the world will shine. Praise be to him forever. Amen.